2: It is, as we record this, half past eleven. Oh my god, it's late. It's late for me, lads. Half past eleven on a Thursday night. And um, welcome to the podcast. It is, of course, the Keith Walsh podcast. Please like and subscribe and tell your friends. This is um, the bit where I speak quietly. Because, genuinely, everybody's in bed. I'm in my little room upstairs. I was talking to a friend of mine called Julian. And he remarked that a friend of his had been listening to the podcast and thought that maybe I was trying to hide from the wife while I was doing the podcast because I was speaking so quietly. (laughs) Well, yeah, sometimes, especially on a Thursday, um, by the time I get to record this, everybody can be in bed, so I'm trying to keep quiet. Uh, So there you go. That's the reason. So you could be listening to this tomorrow morning when I said tomorrow morning it could be any morning could be listening to this in the morning and enjoying it to your heart's content and I'm sitting up in my little room trying to be quiet and fair play to Charlie he's here at my feet as always hasn't gone to bed just yet he will soon I won't disturb him now he's grand Um ok so this is the Thursday night Friday morning it's definitely Thursday night. yeah Thursday night Friday morning bit podcast Um. We're on episode nine, which I can't believe. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep this pace of three episodes a week, but sure we'll keep going while we can. I'm a bit tired. I was rehearsing all day. Uh, we started rehearsals this week, as you'll hear me chatting to Pat, uh, to to my guest today. I already called him Paddy. He's um he is a Paddy, but his name is Baz. I'll tell you more about that in a second. Um. As I was talking to Baz about I was I've been rehearsing this week for the play. It's called Pure Mental. Keep an eye out for it. And I did mention that we were going to be announcing the dates on Thursday. But then there was a Level 3 lockdown. Um, just to let you know, if you're listening to this, it's not 2020. It's October 2020 as so I'm recording this. And we were on a Level 3 lockdown nationwide. So... We didn't announce the dates just to allow venues to kinda of get themselves together and find out what's what and which way it was up and how they could manage what was whatever was going on with them. They had to cancel shows and all kind of stuff, so we pushed out the announcing of the dates until Monday, which we will announce on Monday. And look, it's in the lap of the gods after that whether it actually happens, but we're rehearsing and we're gonna be ready. And if it happens it happens. Do it without expect can new talk. <laughs> it without expectation there you go good see told you i was tired um okay i won't i won't dilly dally with this intro because baz ash maui is his name of course uh, an excellent guest and we had a great chat so i'm sure you'd want to hear from him we talked about everything from work from family to family life to work-life balance to mental health to TV, to disappointments, to dealing with disappointments, to everything. His mom, his dad, his he was very open, very honest. Great chat. And we spoke about his the new series of DIY SOS. Let me just read this out from, found this on TipperaryLive.ie. Dermot Bannon and Baz Ashmawi set to bring home improvement Sundays to RTE by Greg Mulhall. Thank you, Greg. Dermot Bann and Baz Ashmawi shape up for home improvement Sundays on RTE 1 with two additions to the RTE autumn winter schedule with series 3 of Dermot Bannon's incredible homes and the brand new DIY SOS the big build Ireland uh, while I was working on RTE I used to see the the cool van the DIY SOS van on the grounds I always wanted to drive it but I didn't um, so yeah Baz's new show it's brand new called DIY SOS Baz talks a little bit about it basically they go into the homes of people who need register uh, renovation um, and they renovate the homes of deserving families changing their lives forever you may have seen there's it's 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 a format it's been done on uh, UK TV Uh, this is Baz's version and uh, he gives it the Baz twist Um but it's a great show and there's some great stories in there and just to see the volunteers the builders the labourers the friends and families that join in to help the family that uh, have -hmm. been impacted by a significant loss or misfortune and they need help and they need it quickly and uh, DIY SOS are on hand so it's uh, DIY SOS the big build Ireland and it's out and it'll be on Sunday night October the 18th at 6.30 on RTE one uh, and on the player uh Dermot Bannon's incredible homes will be on Sunday October 18th half past nine I don't know why I keep talking like that but I will that's an on rt one and the player as well and uh, so there you go Dermot Bannon actually gets a mention in my play so he does yeah I met Dermot once and we were both almost naked you'll have to come to the play to find out the rest of that story anyway I gotta go uh, I'll be back after this for another little small little bit of chat but do enjoy episode nine of the Keith Walsh podcast, me chatting very openly and generously and brilliantly. I'm not yeah, talking about myself here. Uh, this is Baz Ashmawi.
0: I ran down to my office and um, because uh, this is, uh, man, like I said to you, I'm having this fucking real life. I'm trying to get my work-life balance shit sorted this year. I'm, um, my kids were, honestly, they were, like, buried underneath my arm for the whole of lockdown. And I thought, there's little signs here of them just needing a bit more dad at times, you know? They're like that anyway because they're girls. Like, you know, the older ones don't give a fuck. They don't want to be near me. But but the younger ones are just, uh, they are. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. Really good. Really great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I need to get one of those little yokes. That's a good this setup
0: you've got. this is a blue is what it is, right? And okay. I think you buy it for like, I can't remember exactly, Keith. I think it was 50 or 60 quid. Shut the with, fuck up. With a shield and a stand. And they're grand. Like, they're fine. You know what I mean? That's the job. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, trying to get that life balance back. So I've had to kind of very very much separate work from uh, from home life.
1: What do you, what were you saying? When you mean you, the girls, they, they wanted you, they wanted more attention just, from you or? or they you, were just so
0: happy. They were just so happy to have me there all the time that like when I actually had to go back to work, it was a really big traumatic thing in my house. They were kind of crying and why did you have to work? And I was trying to explain fucking basic economics to an eight-year-old. And, um, you know, <laughs> I was just like, shit, like this is just
1: how it has to be, you know? It's um, it's it is a lot of bollocks. I uh, I've I've started recording anyway. So uh, I so I don't know what at, at the time of recording this tomorrow's Monday, and I have to go back to rehearsals. So I'm rehearsing for all of October for the one man show I wrote. Brilliant. And uh, if lockdown behaves itself, we're touring then for November and December, and we've we've got I'm, I'm announcing dates on Thursday. But right. Brilliant. But it's that fucking thing of, of I kind of, I thought I had another week before I had to start rehearsals. And then yeah. I found out, I got a text on Wednesday just about, it was like, oh, it was, it was such and such a for Monday. And I was like, oh, bollocks, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I want to go back. Mm-hmm. I was happy just sh- sitting around doing basically fuck all, you know. We're
0: creatures of habit though, you know, like it's. It's like anything, you know, that first few weeks back at work, you're like, oh, fuck this. And then once once you start to see some rewards for your work, it's it'll kind of give you that kickstart. That's why I find writers, people who write a novel, I just, my ego needs more. It. I just couldn't wait years for someone to go, I really like it. I just, no, I just six months max before someone needs to give me some type of commentary on my work, you know? Totally, Um,
1: totally. uh, I I, I was thinking about, I was looking at writing a book and I'd spoken to a couple of people and I couldn't get my head around, I don't know. I just couldn't see it. I could I could I was like, what's a lot of work. And like how many, (laughs) and of course you just do that stupid thing of, you know, like I'm trying to learn to do things without expectation. Mm. That's my new thing, but I can't, you know. So if someone says, if you're talking to somebody about writing a book, it's like, oh, yeah, but like, like how many books sell in Ireland, and what? How many books would you have to sell to get into the top ten, and how much? How many books would you have to sell to make any money out of it?
0: You know, hey, you're way, you're way ahead, aren't you? You're that's that's the thing. You see, you're you're you've gone way too far ahead. The thing is, how do I get this book made? How do I write this book? How do I? I wrote a script, right? I wrote a comedy script called Fateless, Jesus, I wrote it f- five years ago. And I filmed a couple of scenes from it for the first time in a couple of months, a month ago, I did two scenes. And there was this kind of disurgence came where a load of people, producers and filmmakers were getting excited about it and 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 I was like five years man and it there was a whole year and a half it just sat and then someone said to me well what, what story with your comedy you wrote and I'm like oh yeah I wrote that didn't I and dusted it off and took it out again and you know it's just it's it's just sometimes I find if I look at the bigger picture of it I get, it's like looking at up at the top of a mountain and it's just too much. So I have to break it down into, we did this thing in sales where you'd break down your goal, your, your hours. You're so you'd break down your weeks into hours financially. So you'd, you'd imagine what do you want to earn for the year? Right. And then you break that in then into 12 months and you break that into a month. And then you break that all the way down into minutes. And what it would do is when you were on the phone, banging the phone, doing sales, you would know when you were wasting your fucking time. Because time the whole thing was it's time, time is money. So if I'm chatting to this guy for 45 minutes and I'm just wasting my time here, um it it pushed you to kind of know that this was costing costing you money. And that's why even when I started to meet big weeks in the in the UK and stuff in TV, their meeting slots are all in 15 minute slots which I thought was hilarious. You got 15 minutes. Really? 15 minutes? What? You don't want to know about me, kids and, you know, how my flight was? And no, that's no, just fucking get in here and pitch me and leave, please. Like, that's kind of the vibe, you know? And then once you break that wall down with them, then they, you know, they give you half an hour and they give you an hour and the next thing it changes, you know? But initially, it's sell me in 15 minutes or, you know, get out the fucking door. Like, you know, it's... Uh, it's hard. But I, I find breaking it down into just what like you write on the? I write on the top of my board. What's my goal? a so podcast, podcast. What do I want? I want to put out a podcast episode. Done, and then I just work everything backwards from that. And whether it does brilliant or it does shit, that's where I'm gonna kind of start with it. You know, and um, otherwise
1: I just get overwhelmed. Completely. Yeah, yeah. I, like I think it, that's the thing. Is trying to trying to divide your day up into things that you need to get done. And uh, if you like, you know, I mean, you're well used to it. It's kind of new for me. Cause I had a job. I had a job in radio. Now, now I'm try now I have to have five side hustles kind of almost, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's trying to learn how to. That's a weird clarity to come to. That's
0: it's a, it's a very strange feeling. I'm at, do you know what? This is, this is, I I was at a stage where I couldn't get any work, right? So even the production companies I was working with, and I'd done radio and I'd done TV and I'd written articles for the paper and it all just stopped like suddenly and just, there was nothing. And I, I, I wandered around in some type of limbo for about a month or two, feeling very sorry for myself and feeling very overwhelmed and really quite down about it. And looking back, I was very down about it. And then I found out that one of my, my father-in-law had a building that had been taken over by the banks. And it was, they hadn't taken it. It was just empty. It was an old office building on Pembroke street. And I just, I had a chat with Nancy one day and I decided I was going to go get up every morning. I was going to go there and I was going to work for a day. And then I would come home and it was the saddest sight you've ever seen me with a, with a, with a heater under my arm and a laptop, and just come to this abandoned office. It was very cold, <laughs> a big puffer jacket on, and I would just sit there. But what it gave me was, I just I, you couldn't put a price on it. It gave me a structure, and it's that, that, that that's so hard. It's when you don't have a structure, and you're aimlessly, and this is why I feel a lot for people who've gone from working in an office to being at home. 'Cause Jesus, like, you know, like your 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 life is morphing into the the two are bleeding into each other and Jesus, who wants to work up wake up and see their laptop there and work right in front of them? Like even that little commute to work, that's your time. That's your time to listen to your podcast or think in your head about, you know, your day or maybe read the paper or you know, that's your now they're the fucking gone. So what are you doing? You like that me time is is Completely vanished, you know. So you have to protect that somehow, you know, and and make make work work and home home, you know. I think you're, I think.
1: But, but but you're totally right. But and also like as soon as work is finished, you're available to You know, if you're lucky enough to have a family, you're straight away available to them. You're straight like you know. But even like I work downstairs a lot at the kitchen table, and I I, I make I have. This these cards that I make and I write and whatever and have bits and pieces, but there's always like there's the clothes horse just out of I can see the clothes horse that that those clothes needs to be folded. I can hear the fucking dishwasher and I can see the pots that I didn't do, you know, so it's like it's just like and and, and that's where I'm like, OK, I do have a room. up. I'm here in this room upstairs. But even up here, it needs to be tidied up. It needs to be cleaned up. So, like, everything's a clutter. And that's my head at the moment.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what it is. That's just a reflection in your head. You're very lucky, see. If I sit at home at the kitchen table, Tanya has no understanding of of what I do at all. I'm just a gobshite who sits around. Like, that's what she thinks. Like, she, she said to me, like... What do what, what you do today? And unless I provide a fucking wall or something, unless something that I've built something, this small, Physical, boat, yeah, these, yeah, yeah. this little carved out of oak, woodland creature, like unless I can provide her with something tangible, it's, I'm, I'm just a waste of space, you know? So I, it, I can't work at home because my home is a zoo. Like really it's a zoo. Like it's, I think I was saying it somewhere before. I remember like pulling up to the house and sitting in the car, and I think I was listening to the end of a radio show or something, you know. And I just was like sighing to myself, going, "Just going to take another five minutes, and then I'm going to breathe, and I'm not going to carry my bad day into the house. So I'm just going to, before I get into the madness, I'm just going to sit here. And I remember glancing over, and one of my neighbours was sat in his car, <laughs> breathing, like honestly, doing the exact. It was like oh fuck, oh yeah, any, I might hang on another five minutes, it was that feeling of, you know, just having to get yourself into a certain space, but that's why um, I was very lucky, I got myself in a position where I could actually get it, I say it's an office, it's a room, like it's, Mm. it's, I can't show you, because the laptop's all plugged in, but it's basically one room, you know, and that's it there, and it's, madness i've got like yoda and lightsabers and pictures of dogs on the wall and it's but it's mine there's a whiteboard and i have my desk and a couple of chairs if i need to meet people and it's just it's it's where i work out of it's a creative hub for everything
1: and is that somewhere you, that's away from your house is it are you yeah are you,
0: are you, yeah this isn't in my house though. okay this I, don't, I don't bring i've been lucky enough to get to a position where i have this little space so yeah I, uh, you know it's it's a saving grace for me you know now, if I have to do it at home, but you'd be guaranteed someone would come up to me. You'd be guaranteed. You just can't get away from it, you know?
1: It's, uh, it's definitely something I've thought about, just getting a room somewhere here. In, I'm living in Newbridge, and I was thinking, there's definitely got to be office space somewhere that I can just be you know but 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 the riverbank is at the art center here when i was writing the one man show they gave me an office every day they were just Brilliant. like come in and Brilliant.
0: it doesn't have to be romantic it just has to be a place where you plug in and yep. it's you know but your brain knows you're at work your brain yeah. goes oh, i'm working it this is work time you
1: I, know? Ha- I hate that. i hate being told I'm at work i'm <laughs> I, I i i'm i don't know i still i'm still a child at heart i don't want anybody telling me that i'm working but, but even even if i'm working for myself so I need, i'm gonna have to figure all of that out you know
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: um so your podcast is is due. Is, is, it, is, is it out? Is it, I, I heard, a, um, heard a very good promo. And uh, I just want to say that I was the only person on The Breakfast Show that pronounced your name um, Baz, Brec- Baz Ashwami properly. Baz well, it's Ash- actually a Baz Ash- Ash- Ash-
0: Ashmawi. Ash-Wami. Ashwami is what everybody says. Ash-Maui. Which is weird because it's not weird. It's a fucking weird name. But it's weird because it's Ash, A-S-H, and then Maui. M A W Y, but whatever people see, they always go, Ashwami, and it's kind of a running gag we have. So that's why in the little teaser, there's I have my mother correcting people. Someone goes, and it's, I take taking a sample of someone going, eh, it's Bal
1: Ashwami, and I'm like,
0: I'm not but yeah, whatever.
1: It's- it, it you know what it is though, it's a panic. We look at the word and we think that's a difficult word, and then we just kind of we see the first couple of words and then we're like, ah, yeah, that's. Yeah, I know what that is, and you make it up in your head. It's Ashmawi. It's Ashwa- I think it's
0: before because my real name is Ahmed Basil Muhammad Yustri Abu Ismail Ashmawi. That's my name, like, and that didn't cut it in Ireland. At you, all. you should
1: make people say that all of the time.
0: Yeah, but it, it yeah, it's it's, it's it's slightly ethnic anyway. It's it's something. It's quite quite Where frightening. Is, what
1: is me. it? It's uh, it's It sounds um. I'm just trying to think. What ethnicity is it? It's uh, Is it Kilbegan? Is it that sort I, of area? Burr, actually, <laughs> yeah. oh, Westmeath, I mean, It was one or the <laughs> other. It was one or the other. I knew it was, uh, the, Mi- I knew it was the Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us about tell us what the podcast, the plan was, and what you wanted to do, and what you're all on the board for. It.
0: I suppose, because
1: um, it's, it's hard, it's to, hard to do something different in a, in a. Like, I don't, I, and can I just say something as well? I mm. don't think, and obviously I'm doing a podcast, so I, yes, I don't yes. think, I don't. I think podcasts have a long way to go yet. Like, people are saying, oh, everybody has a podcast. I think it's only just begun. And if you look at, I was explaining this to somebody, if you look at radio, even in Dublin, right? There's probably mm. about six people on air doing pretty much exactly the same thing at any given time.
0: Yeah.
1: In, in a Dublin radio market, playing a song, having a chat and playing another song. And yet, and they're pretty much playing the same songs, and yet you'll find someone who will say, I fucking hate that guy, that radio station, but I love this guy and this radio station, yeah, and there's yeah, very yeah. little difference or whatever. But I think that, I really just think podcasts, it's, it's probably only starting, but that's just my two cents, and I probably just need to say that to myself to make myself feel better about doing it. Um, so what was, what was your plan?
0: My plan was just, I suppose, um. It was something I could control, and um, I liked the looseness of it that I could curse. <laughs> Not that that's important, but just that I could maybe generate conversations that were as natural as possible. As a presenter, I, I'm I'm like that anyway. You know, I, I I'm kind of some presenters turn into someone else and. I learned a long time ago, look, people are going to like you or not like you. And there's nothing very much you can do about that. They're just going, sometimes it's, we have that expression in our, I just don't like the look of them to get me. And some people just based it on that even. Um, but I'm kind of not a million miles away from the exact same I am on camera to what I'm like off camera. And I just thought if I was, if I was doing a podcast, what would I do it on? And I kind of thought I'd like to do like an uncensored radio show. In, in essence, you know, kind of me doing a dummy's guide on things that I don't understand, you know, that I don't get or, you know, I'm and I'm, I'm proud to admit I I, like, I don't understand cryptocurrency. I, I, I hear a lot of people talking about it. I don't have a clue. Scientology. I've seen all the documentaries. I've seen it get bashed. But I'd like to know more. I'd like to talk to someone who actually is a Scientologist and hear their side. You know, it's about being it 's about just peaking interest, like I make t v like i like I watch t v if i 'm sometimes i 'm in the mood for something heavy so I'll, or something you know a documentary of some sort so i 'll do something on problem gambling in Ireland or um Islam in Ireland or something like that, and then other times i 'm just like, I just want to watch something that 's just entertaining and funny and i 'll make something like Mammy or you know um and sometimes I want to be inspired so i 'll make something like Wingman, where you know just seeing people you know. It just depends what mood I'm in. And I tend to be like that. So the podcast is very similar to that. Like it's covering everything from, like I say, Scientology uh, inspirational stories from like lads who've become paraplegics and done amazing things to people being kidnapped by pirates to. I don't know, like uh, Scientology, cryptocurrency, all that kind of jazz. Whatever, just whatever I fancy. And um, but I do enjoy the looseness of it. <laughs> I, mean, I think people are just got I think he's just saying fuck for the sake, of it. you know. But I, 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 it just felt great. Maybe it's after working on Radio One and and stuff like that for so long, where it's like you can't just be careful what you say. And now, it in a time of where you have to be learning a new language anyway, and. Um, um, it's nice it's nice just to be
1: as natural That's yeah okay. i mean the, i get the, the freedom thing is huge because if if you're i mean you were on radio one and two fm before that but it's just like there's about there's a there's when you're doing a radio show there's so many people that are going to tell you something about that radio show every day and it's it's just like i just want to just go off and just do it my way i might fluff it a little bit i might not pronounce something correctly but I, but the experience of radio, especially I have always worked in commercial radio, was there was somebody ready, just ready to hop on a button to say, "Fix that," "Say that yeah. differently," "Get to that point," "Stop talking Even like that." Even
0: that—that's what I found, because I came from like like you, like a two FM background where it's commercial radio, right? You're you're kind of banging through. You get to talk for a little bit. The interviews are short enough; they're like seven, eight minute interviews, and then you go to Radio One or something like that, which isn't as music driven, and all of a sudden you get twenty minutes for an interview. I get forty minutes. Like if you can't understand everything to do with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the future of economics after it in a tangible, it, it, like in a, in, a, in a digestible way, then you're never going to get it. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm low level here. I'm very basic, you know. So if 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 I can translate that, do you know what it is as well? I have a lad who's 24. Uh, no, a, a, do- um, a daughter 24 and another lad who's 22. And a lot of the time, I'm I'm giving them life lessons, and just some of these lessons in life that I think I just wish someone had told me this stuff. Explain real basic stuff like finances. Real basic finances, you know, just this thing with 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 money. You know, like I'm a big believer. If you think money's going to make you happy, you're so wrong. It's not the like Jesus. It's not, and so many people think it is, but. But it helps to be secure and to, to know how to, you know, create and have a safe, secure future. You know, but no one ever taught me any of that. No one ever sat down with me and went, you look, you need to put away 20%. And then don't just stick it in a bank. Because that's what you know the working class and the middle class do. They just stick it in a bank and save it up to buy. You know, you think your house is an asset. It's not an asset. If you have a property, you know, there's good and bad debt. If you have a property and it's making an income. You know, and and it's paying its mortgage and you get an extra 200 quid a month. That's an income. That's not a bad debt. That's an income. Like, no one explained any of this to me. So, like, if you don't learn that from the basis, it doesn't matter if you make 30 grand a year or you make 500 grand a year. You're just going to spank it all because your expenses just go up. You know, real basic, basic shit like that, that. No one said that I think if you're 30 now or, you know that if you heard a finance expert talk about that and drill that into you, you might actually sit up and go, geez, I'm going to get my shit together. I'm going to start being a bit mature and and look at this. And it's that kind of stuff as well. So it's having those conversations that will inspire people as well. the, The self pity thing is a big one. I've been that soldier. I lay in bed and, and, and hurt and just felt bad and that's okay. That's fine. You know, but sometimes Maybe I'm coming off a show like DIY SOS and it's a real slap in the face, Keith. You see these families. And man, I'm like, you have kids, you know, it's like a little girl who's 14, happy going to school, boat flips over, brain damaged in a wheelchair. And you just think, oh, I just couldn't, couldn't go. And then you meet the mom and you're just in awe of her. And just, you meet the girl and I'm slagging her and we're having banter together and she's slagging my stupid haircut. And all of a sudden, you know, someone who you thought, I don't like the word brain damage, uh, but would say, you know, has a brain condition now. Brain injury, I suppose, yeah, yeah. You know, it is a brain injury, you know, and all of a sudden there's a whole person there that, that a lot of people just aren't seeing, you know, because of a speech impediment or whatever, you know. And then you see a big community come together, and make a, you know, but but this these moments, sometimes you need you need that, you need to be grounded. You need to see things to kind of go, do you know what? I have a pretty bloody good and I don't realize how good I have it because something can happen like that and everything changes. I say it to my missus all the time, you know, like I lost my dad when he was, when I was 20 and we were fighting at the time. So we hadn't spoken in about a year, you know? And I was saying to her, her granny is still alive. Her granny is still alive. She's never lost anyone. And I said like, it'll happen like that and you'll regret things. You'll just, you'll, You'll say, why why was I like that? Why did I take stuff for granted? And if you can inspire people, you know the power of of this medium, you know, whether it's TV or, or podcasts or whatever it is. You can inspire people and you can you can make a change in them and they'll be grateful for to you for it. And it feels good to do stuff like that. So that's my buzz, kind of a little bit, you know, is the kind of positivity stuff, you know, is is to make a make it that sounds like a bumper sticker or something. But make make people kind of want to be better versions of themselves or or get out of a rut that they're in and know that everyone has that. Everyone everyone feels like that, you know?
1: It's it's the thing that 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 fascinates me and and, and when I listen to and, and what is what I've learned just from listening to podcasts. From like, even I could listen to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend and learn something from Conan O'Brien, who's a very successful and very wealthy chat show host in the US. And I can learn something and I can learn about the way he casually mentions he goes to therapy. I can learn about the way he casually mentions how he is with his friends or how he is with his family or what he what he holds dear or what, you know, and I think that the thing that I've become the thing. People presume a lot, right? So they presume when they see Baz, he's, he's, his life is X, Y, Z, right? That's that's Baz. I've decided that. That's how it is for him. If they see me or if they see somebody else or if they see Ryan Tuberty or if they see whoever, they, or Brad Pitt, that's, I, I, I have them. I know what they're like. I put them in that box in my head. And for me, having conversations like this is just, just people will learn from the fact that, Jesus, Baz, really, that didn't, that 50 ways to kill your mommy, that didn't just happen. He had a period where he had to, like, if you think of the process of getting to that, you know, there, 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 there's a few years of, of whatever you're talking about, like being down in the dumps and not being able to get out of bed and then slowly but surely you're, you do this, you do that, you do that, you do that. And then and then you get there and then you get to the start line where you start filming or whatever. Yeah. But but just to to be able to explain, to, to, to get people's stories. And I think it takes the pressure off then. Like. Like it's a, I,
0: what it is. Sometimes it's a professional recession, is what it is. You go through peaks and trough in life, not just in your work. But it's it's getting re like things go really well and then they go down really far. Like and and sometimes they just stay in the middle and that's okay. But 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 you need to stay in that middle ground. When everyone's telling you you're the best thing ever, relax a minute. It. I. I always. I think. The only good thing I have to say about critics is that they taught me a lot in regards to, you know, giving you a hammer. And then I had to decide, this guy has never worked in TV. He's never, like, I'm more qualified in television than this guy is. And he's scripting horrible, horrible personal stuff about me here and making it very personal. And it's hurting me. Like, it's genuinely hurting my feelings to be critiqued this badly. And then somebody writes something nice and I go, whoa, you can't, you can't have it like that. You can't think he's full of shit. And then this guy's great. It doesn't work like that. So to manage your ego and your feelings, you need to stay in the middle, do what you do, look at it and ask yourself, am I happy with this? Am I happy with that? And life works very similar to that. Sometimes, you know, don't get too above yourself. You know, you stay in the middle ground and even we were talking about finances there. That's where a lot of people fall down, you know? because they earn more money and they go, oh, I've got more money and they start spending more. So, you know, hold on. No, the idea is you stay the same and maybe you invest your money and then you have security in later life and that's, that's what you need to do, you know, but no, you know, <laughs> this isn't human nature. Human nature is, yay, king for dead, made it, fuck you, told you I'd get here, you know, and, and uh, no, 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 that does no good to anybody, you know.
1: But the thing about, like when 2FM finished for me and the, the first thing I thought was I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to therapy here. I'm going yeah. to therapy because now I didn't know what I needed to go to therapy about. I didn't know what I needed to talk about. I wasn't, but I was like in, I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is going to hit me hard. I need to make sure that I've got my head right to deal with whatever's coming and wh- however long it's going to be before I do X, Y, and Z or whatever it is, or what I figure out what I need to do next. I need to be clear headed. I need to sure. sort out whatever shit I'm carrying. I need to get rid of that so that I can deal with what's coming the, I, I talked to an Olympic uh, marathon runner this time and it was such a simple thing, but we, I had this conversation. I said, you know, he'd finished, he'd come off the back of an Olympics and he was, he was on downtime and he was taking a few weeks off and he was just eating shit and having a drink and whatever and, you know, enjoying himself. And I said, when you go back training, what, like what will be your first run? And he said, "Well, I might do a mile. And that's it. I said, that's it. He said, yeah, first day out, I'll just do a mile. I was like, and that was a real, I don't know why, but it really struck me. And, it, and it's something I've carried with me and something I say to people is that this guy's an, an Olympic athlete. He's been to two Olympics. He runs marathons. He runs like, you know, I'm sure in training sessions he runs 100 kilometers. Yeah. But it's his first session back after yeah. his break. He runs one mile. 100%.
0: and that's, it's, I was talking to, I was interviewing him a guy called Crystal Clear for the podcast. And he's 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 just huge. I never realised he's this massive DJ. He's working with Mark Ronson and you know uh, hosting hosting um, Kate Moss's 40. And then, you know, DJ. And like, he's huge, huge. I,
1: I just had a chat with a, guy, a young guy called Ryan Mack, who used to be in a boy band called Hometown. He's a few songs out. He's... He's, 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 he's up and coming and he just had a writing session with Chris clear this week and talk, talking he's about brilliant. it on the podcast. Anyway, he's go on. Brilliant. He's brilliant. But he
0: said something that I thought was I've, I've gone to, I've gone for therapy as well, you know, and I found it hugely helpful and surprisingly didn't need as much of it as I thought I did. I just needed it at that time and maybe have a couple of sessions and every now and then I might give your man a ring if I feel a certain way. But, but he was saying to me, you go to a gym, right? You go to a gym for your body. What the hell wouldn't you go to work out your brain? Why, like, like you need to take care of that stuff. Like this toxic masculine bullshit of, you know, oh, I'm this way and I'm that way, my dad was one of them and he fucking died at 50 and guilt ridden and in bits leaving a little girl behind. Like, you know, like that's nonsense. Like there's nothing wrong. And if you feel like, you know, if you feel like you've known to share you know or talk to or connect with or it's too private then that's that's your other option i met a taxi driver one day and uh, he was brilliant and he was saying to me that his brother had committed suicide and um and they were in shock they were in shock because he he was in debt or something something like 20 grand right something really small and and they were all like how why wouldn't he come to us why wouldn't he say that to 20 grand between like So him and his three mates, one worked in the post office, he's a taxi driver, and the other one, I think owned a garage or something, had a tire shop or something, was quite successful. And the three lads decided that every week they would go for a walk, not in the pub, they would go for a walk and a chat. And if one of them couldn't make it, they would make it another day. And they would talk about their week, not in particular. But one of the the lads was saying, there's some bitch in the post office and she's bullying me. And he was too embarrassed to say that to anybody. But he would say it to the lads and the lads were telling them, mentoring them how to handle it, and what to do with it. And, you know, and they were having a bit of banter with him about it as well. But they broke it down. So it wasn't a thing. So it didn't manifest into this bigger thing because we all have little things that that bother us or are getting us down or relationships that are grinding and maybe breaking you down slightly. And you need you know, these guys are very lucky; they have each other. But sometimes people don't have each other, or maybe sometimes it's too hard to, um, to tell someone your fears and your weaknesses. You know, maybe it's it's too people, Especially men, they just feel too bloody vulnerable. You know, I'm lucky enough; I don't have that. I have close friends who I'm very open with, and and they're very open with me. And there's a loyalty and a trust there, but very important. You take care of that; it's so important. But I think we're moving into a time where that is openly acceptable to kind of speak like that, you know. And that's a that's a really good thing, you
1: know. And we're definitely getting there. And I think this 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 belief that that men, you know, that we need to man up and grow up here and just sort of push through. And this is fucking, you know, it's, I talk a lot about it in the one man show. That's what it's about, really. It's about yeah. it's about this idea that you you just need to man up. Uh, you know, that, that was kind of how I felt I needed to deal with shit. And I, and I did, you know, I I pushed through, but it's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous of us to believe that we were always like this, that men, this is, we were, men were, we weren't always like this. We used to talk like we, we, we've become, this is, I don't know whether, I don't, I don't know enough about it. I don't know about the history of, of mankind. And I'm not a, you know, I don't study humans, but I, I would imagine this is a result of the industrial age or something where we have been, pro, you know, I, I don't want to get too sort of like, uh, I don't want to turn into some sort of, um, uh, it's not a conspiracy. I just, you know, I feel like this is an industrial age product where men have become, you, you, you've become a, you're about your work, you're about your job, you're about your, you're not about your dreams anymore, you're not about your, your passions you're not about your uh, the, I, the, the one thing I, I, I love about you, bass is the clothes you wear. For instance, right? You know, mm-hmm. for, say you're a stylish man. You like you, you you see a hoodie. That's a nice, bright hoodie. I that look good on me. Mm-hmm. There's too many men, and this is a problem that have that, and I I, I think it's society, but. W- what I'm interested in is trying to tell men that it's okay. You don't have to decide at 40 that these are the clothes I wear. This is the job I do. And this is the house I live in. And this is, this is me done until I die. Um, And and you've, you've got to try and remember what you used to love, who you used to be. A lot
0: of it is, I, I think sometimes a lot of it is the culture we grew up in. Do you know, like, like Bond, use James Bond as an example, right? Cool. Women love them. Cool clothes, great cars, really hard. Good at poker. I'm fucking shit at poker. My daughter beat me in snap. Like, do you know, like, I'm just, I want, I'd love to be that type of man. I'd love to be really handy, whip up a wall out the back. My missus was, uh, Tanya was saying to me one day, you need to change all the door handles. And I went, what? And I was like, I'll call someone to do it. And she can you not do that? And I went, have we just fucking met? You think I can dismantle all the door handles and change them? I was like, what do you want about? Like, and she's that, that kind of, oh, disappointed. I'm not that type of man. And I was like, you bought it how you saw it. You want someone to write you a sonnet. I'm your buckle. But otherwise, get on the bus. Like, I'm very happy with the type of man I am. I'm a softie. I give you that. I'm a little bit softer on the edges sometimes. And I feel, I, I, I get obsessed at, at things sometimes. But I'm all right with that. You know, I'm all right showing my daughters that's a man as well. Like, I take care of my family and I put them first. But I'm a soft guy, you know, like, uh, and that's just the way it is. You know, I'm, there's no template for being a man. It's, it's, and that's what we're trying to get rid of. That's what you're trying, you know, like, you want to be a certain way. You want to conduct yourself a certain way. But there's certain aspects of being a man, like the silent, uh, what? Listen, this is the key. If you're not happy, no one around you is happy, right? So you can be internally like real quiet and steely and, you know, not, I remember my dad saying to me before, never, never tell your partner your problems, right? Because it's your responsibility as a man to take them, you know, and not to lean on, on other people. So that's your, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And there's elements to it that I guess, you know, not to worry or stress someone else, but who else is going to take the stress? Me. I have to take it all. Do I die? Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, so, so in those cases, good to have someone to talk to. Good to have someone to say, you know, it's okay. You know, this is normal. You know, you're not alone. Like, like you, look at, you look at statistics out there for men and young men and the pressure they're putting on themselves for things. And you just know it's wrong and you have to fix it. So, so culturally, that has to change. But I think that is changing. You know, I think boys are looking up to their role models are, are slightly different. And what women idolize as a man is slightly different. You have Harry Styles coming out in a blouse and wearing pearls. You have uh, Robert Sheehan um, uh, wearing a dress, you know. like, and, and these guys are sexy men, you know. I'm like, well, that's great. He's in knee-high boots and the girls love him. Do you know, all of a sudden, things are changing and, and anything goes and that's, that's important. That's really important you know and likewise those same stereotypes for women like get on the bus you want to do whatever you want to do get out there you want to be a stand-up you want to do whatever you want to do Be out, get out there you know just uh, and that's why I feel positive I feel I have a lot of girls in my house so I, I like that movement I like the fact that there's this empowerment now of women but sometimes I feel like what about the lads no one's saying much about lads what about like lads are important lads are really important you know like they need to be taken care of as well. They need to adapt and change
1: and and feel like they have a
0: place. You know,
1: there is a there is a there, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't, one hundred percent disagree with it, but there is the sense with men at the moment that we're the bad guys, and uh, and I get it. And you know, I believe a hundred percent that women would feel safer in the world if men would just behave, fucking behave themselves. You know, yeah, um, and. But but that's all to do with psychology and stereotyping and all that kind of stuff and men not being able to express themselves and all that kind of stuff and women as well and we're we're both like men and women are stereo both you know as uh, uh, well, suffer, thing is, suffer deep, from some, it. Things, some things
0: you can't change. However much you want, you, there's certain there's certain things you can't change, like a consciousness, right, or um, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert right? I've always been an extrovert. It was very unlikely in life I was ever going to turn into an introvert. But there's some parts of being an extrovert that can be negative, right? So it's more like those things are, you can't change that exactly. So what you have to do is you have to learn new habits and new behaviors, and you have to know what your triggers are. And you have to teach yourself to be different. And that's how, you know, like, you can change regardless, you know, and we have we're at a time now where we have to change everything from language to everything. Like, I can't believe how much it's changed, even regarding race. Like when I was growing up, forget it, man, like people used to say the most shocking, shocking things to me. Like, and now people are getting offended over calling someone exotic. And I'm like, was wow, it was a compliment. I was like, yeah, I am exotic. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Cairo. It's a very unexotic place. I'll be very honest with you. It's dirty. It's shitty, is what it smells like, you know. But 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 if you want to believe in your head that it's, you know, the you know something else, I'll I'll play along with that, you know. So like, there's lots of things that are that are, are changing and, and uh, I, think, I I I think it's good, but people have to change. You have to change. You can't be a dinosaur anymore. It's that, that's gone. And if you, if you know you have to change, you have to... I had one mate, right? And he's, he comes out with the most racist stuff ever. Like, we've had huge arguments sometimes over things where I've gone, you know that's completely unacceptable for me to sit here and listen to you talk like this. And there, I don't know if he's saying it for shock value or trying to be funny or whatever, you know? And he wrote me an email during the Black Lives Matter and so I've said a lot of stuff over the years. And I was thinking, here we go. I, there's a punchline at the end of this. There wasn't a punchline. He just said, I'm really sorry. I said some really hurtful stuff. And I never considered.' and for this guy to say it, I was like, wow, if you can have an impact on someone like him, that never really, like, it's that stupid pub humor, you know, like just not socially acceptable, but saying it in groups, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, you know but for him to say it to me directly and apologize to me for times that he's said things that just he never really thought how hurtful it would be i was like fair enough you know fair enough that's impressive you know
1: that's a change
0: yeah that is a change that's a real change you know uh,
1: yeah and i think i think that it's it, the thing about it is i get I, I, if I if i talk about mental health you get people sort of it's it's interesting because you get people checking in on you which is lovely and people will say, "How are you, are you okay?" Or you know, they'll they'll, they'll try and read your social media to see, to see where you're at. And if you're if you're if you if they perceive that you're having a bad day or whatever, they'll get in touch, and that's lovely. And I, I love that. But it, it's people when I talk about mental health, people will say, "Oh, you're so brave for talking about your mental health." Uh, I I I've some experience with mental health because my brother X, Y, and Z. And mm. I'm like, "What do you mean you've experienced mental health because of your brother?" We this is just me talking about going for a jog this is me talking about your your health your men your everybody has it it's a Mm. thing it's like i'm just talking about it because i i find it beneficial to go to a therapist sometimes i go i go every as you just mentioned and and it's good for me so i'm the type of person and i don't know what it is maybe it's adhd or whatever but i get excited about something and i want to tell everybody about it Mm. and it's nice that people check in with me and i'm like i'm okay you need to worry about yourself as well you know like I'm the one that's going to therapy. Do you know what I mean? And it's not that I'm yeah. it's not that I'm being I'm I'm uh, I'm being defensive. It's just. Mm-hmm. But are you getting it? Yeah, yeah. It's but it's it's. I, I I love I love that you're concerned for me. But are you getting it?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the but word. It, it, that's it, the word. I think that's what it is. Is people don't like to admit things. You know, they don't like to admit things to themselves. When I gave up drink first, I found a lot of my friends for a year or two after were gone. You still off the drink? You still you still? And I was like, yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. you still off? You're, are you going to do it for much longer? Like, I was like, I'm not doing it for any other reason than just happier not drinking. Why? Well, apart from all the cuts and the bashes on the head and the mess I would get into one in ten times. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and the kids in the morning on a Saturday and I, I'm lying on the couch just can't deal with them. Like, you know, it just added up, like you write a good list and a bad list. And for me, I was just, but some people couldn't handle Like I had friends, I lost some friends, over it, you know, which was awful. But they were just like, I was the exact, like, I wasn't one of those person, people who used to drink for, to be extrovert. No, I was already an extrovert. I just got madder, you know, that that was all that happened. Like, but I was already like, so, so it wasn't for that. So like they wouldn't even want to. I'd say I'll, I'll meet you in the pub or whatever, and they just don't want to meet because I'm not I'm not sitting in the pub with you if you're not drinking. And I'm like, really? You won't sit in the pub with me if I'm not drinking? Nah, I have one. I'm like, really? What age are we? Like seriously, what age are we? You know, it took some of them a really really long time because I suppose maybe it's asking making them ask questions about themselves and their relationship with. with I think it, like that as well, think that's, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had. I haven't had a drink this year, and i I've asked you about it before because because'm because I'm curious about these things I'm like, and like and, and, and I wanted to do a podcast for a long time where I just asked people how much they drink every week mm. because I wanted to know where was I on the spectrum you know what Am I a normal drinker? Am I a social drinker? Am I a problem drinker? How much of a problem is it? You know, but you can decide these things for yourself. You don't need to compare to someone else. You know what the
0: truth is? The truth is, Keith, I I wasn't like... People always say that, like, an alcoholic? Oh, you're an alcoholic? And I was like, no, I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't waking up drinking.
1: Like, it wasn't like that at all. You weren't hitting vodka as as soon as you hit... uh, With breakfast,
0: you know? was just times where it would just get a bit messy... And that was fine, but I felt like shit. My mood was down. Like I couldn't control my. I just didn't feel good. Just didn't feel. It didn't look good, you know. I just I drank so much for so long that I was just like, this isn't really working for me anymore, you know. And. And then what started is, I'll take a break for a little while. It started, I was doing a, 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 a documentary on Islam and I gave it up because I was taking up Islam. I was going back to my uh, religion that I was brought up with and, uh, and I just never went. Like I didn't take up Islam, but <laughs> I didn't get drink. <laughs> like I had a drink. Like I had a bacon sandwich as soon as it ended. I was like, give me a bacon, Jesus, Mary, Mother, God. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but... But the drink, I was just something, it was like this little insight into a door and, and this little opening. And I was like, for me, much better. Much better dad, much better friend, much better, more productive at work. You know, if I fancied a pint at Christmas and was me and the missus, yeah, I'd have a pint. Yeah, yeah I could sneak one. But uh, it's funny, I always romanticize. Yeah, we'll go and maybe we'll get some cocktails and all, and then I get there and I do this, and she goes, you do this every time. Just go, no, I'm okay, actually. I won't bother. I don't know why. I just yeah, no, no, I, get it. I love the idea of it. I love the idea of, of you know, and I can't I find it very hard to hang out just with non drinkers. I'll be honest with you. I can't do that either. I'm not laughing at me mate Jimmy. I'm I'm gone, I'm out of here. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still like the crack and I still like the atmosphere and being at the races and you know, I still enjoy all that, but it just just for me, it's it's something that's
1: that's changed. You know? hey. I went to. I went to. I was working. I was doing a job, and I went. And we kind of. We, we there was there was a there was there was alcohol involved, and we did this this gig, and there was an interview, and then we kind of went out afterwards. And and uh, I arrived home. Taxi driver brought me home, brought me to the door, basically to my wife, at whatever time in the morning it was, and said, "Is this your husband?" You know, uh, and she was like, "Yeah," and I came in the door whatever yeah fine don't you know she was like what the hell is going on don't worry about it i am going to bed see you in the morning don't worry about you know delighted with myself that i got home and when she eventually woke me up the next morning about 11 o'clock whatever she goes you know you were staying in a hotel last night you have a hotel booked your car is up in dublin your clothes are in the hotel room what the fuck are you doing here and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) man you have never you do not know the fear and the shame of that drive back up to Dublin with my wife to collect my car and collect my clothes and it was it was a joke it was a laugh like my wife kind of calmed down and she laughed about it but at the same time I was like fucking hell that's not that wasn't nice to do to my wife you know for this taxi driver to bring me home that wasn't nice for her to have to drive me back up you know it's a silly little thing but at the same time it's like I need to have to I need to have a bit more responsibility for myself and I can't be doing that to my wife. I'm in my forties. She's in her forties. She can't have a strange Mm. tax. Like anything could happen to me. I've been, somebody is looking down on me. I guarantee you, because I've been in, I've been very close to some terrible things happening to me Mm. and you you just do get to that point. I don't know if I will drink again or if I won't ever drink again, but you know, it's just one of those
0: things like, you, you know, sometimes people have to give up drink for whatever it is. And that's why, you know, change is usually, it's going to be your decision. You know, like you can put ultimatums on people. Sometimes you can say, look, if you don't give up the drink or the drugs or whatever it is, like, you're going to lose your family here. So like an ultimatum is very helpful like that. It states the obvious, you know, but ultimately in the end, it's your choice. You have to make a conscious decision that something is going to change in you. And I think once you've once you've changed, I, that's why I think we've spoken about it a million times, but fitness is always a great parameter for everything. In three months, you can look completely different to the way you look now. Just through setting goals and doing whatever. In three months, you can look completely different. And feel and life, different. life is exactly like that. You know, it's the same with um, giving up alcohol. It's the same with a work ethic. It's the same with anything. You know, it's discipline. It's daily. It's little goals. It's setting yourself up and it's keeping motivated. You know, and then you look at yourself at the end of it and go, I'm happy now, or I'm happier. I don't think anyone can be happy, but you can be happier. You know? yep. that's, that's the key. You know? I don't use the
1: word happy anymore. The word content is good enough for me, and it's a much better word, content. You, you know? know,
0: my idol, my idol, and I say this all the time, right? my idol is my mother. My mother is here all the time. You can't buy her. That's what it is. It doesn't matter. You can't buy her. She just... You know, just tip her away and just tight as fuck, you know. Like, I remember having a dinner with her in town and was pissing rain. And I said, mum, I'll get you a taxi. And she went, oh, no, no. And I said, look, mum, please, it's raining. I'll get you a taxi. Okay. And I said, look, there's, there's, there's 20 euro. You take that. And then I nudged my missus and I said, "Watch my mother here? And she left the restaurant and she walked down the road all the way onto the Lewis, popped on the Lewis. And I said, that's my mother. That's her and one. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, taxi, I'll go down here now. Not a fucking chance. She's never <laughs> gonna give a taxi driver 20 euro, you know. <clears throat> but she's so content in who she is, she has such a zen level that she is someone that I I call into sometimes just to feel better. Just being in her presence is a positive experience, you know, and I it doesn't matter how much success you have or how much anything you get, or how many watches you buy or cars or any of that stuff. You can't, you either have that, you either get that self-contentment about what makes you feel good. And I imagine it's a reflection of who you are. You know, you know th- those moments, I think that's the, the basis of any change is where you look in the mirror at some stage and you can avoid it for years, but then some stage you get a glimpse of yourself, a glimpse of yourself, and you kind of have to ask yourself, do I like who I am? Because ultimately, and someone had said this to me before, a friend of mine. He said, you'll be lying on your bed one day dying. And you'll, you'll have to ask yourself, what type of dad was I? What type of husband was I? What type of friend What type of person was I? And if you can't answer those questions, man. <clears throat> I joke with my sister about it all the time. Saying, like, my dad was great and I, was, I loved him. And he was very funny and everything. But you did a lot of bad shit. And guilt is the, is the gift that keeps on giving. And I heard when he was dying, it wasn't nice. You know, I heard that he was very regretful and sorrowful for certain things. That's what happens, you know? So you have to make, you have to make a decision to make little changes. You don't have to turn into the Pope tomorrow, but you have to make little changes just to, just for you, not for anybody else, just for you. Just to help you look yourself in the mirror and feel I'm a good, like, that's a great feeling to look in the mirror and go, I'm a good dad, I'm like, I'm good, that. Yeah, I cursed in front of them. Whatever. Yeah, let, let them watch Twilight and she was only eight and I'm still regretting it. But apart from that, she does a big fuck up on my half. I might just add that in. By the way, I just, I wasn't concentrating one day. And they were like, can we watch Twilight? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm still regretting it. Like, mm-hmm. They're watching Avengers or something. Captain America comes out and my eight-year-old's like, mm, who's he? Like, oh. But, but apart from that, I'm a good dad, you know, I'm a good, yeah. I know I'm a good dad. I know, I know I give them what they need, you know, I know I take care of them and give them time and, you know, that, that feels good to be like that. And you want to feel
1: like that in every aspect of your life, I think. Yeah. Or not, strive, just, strive to be. striving. yeah, because, because it's just about checking in with yourself every now and then and saying, how am I doing now? Am I, am I could I do better? And that's, that's kind of it. I, I you've been really good with your time and, and uh, I know you're, you're a busy man, but, where are you at with your one-man show before? Because oh, I went to see it. Coming. Thanks no, for I, coming. I really, enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. I'm curious <laughs> as to see, as to, uh, is there a plan? Oh, no. or, uh, lockdown obviously didn't do you any favors with regard to yeah. your plans, I presume. So, so that's the whole
0: pandemic thing. Last year, when I did, did Wingman and I did the episode with Jimmy, who's the farmer who wants to become an actor, I came off the back of that and I was so inspired by him because, <laughs> those stages of that where I thought he's not going to do this really he's not going to do this this is he's going to go out in front of his whole town uh, for one night only and he's going to make a ball to this Maliki McKenna play and I'm going to be the reason for that you know and I just thought, oh my. and we went out and I mean up until the the, the night of the play he learned 52 pages of t- script two man me and him and he nailed it he was brilliant. They gave him a standing ovation. He was fantastic, and I just thought, God, I'm going to do that. And I, I've always, for ages, like I come from an acting background, and I, for ages, I've said I really want to get back on stage. I want to do a show, You're like yourself. I just want to do it. I want for no other reason, not for monetary values or anything like that. Just want to do it. And I booked this small tour, and I said I'll start off small. We we'll do so many gigs, I think twelve gigs or something like that. So did the five. And really was like, by the fifth one, I was like, this is... Like, I wanted to go back and rewrite bits and fix it. And But I was like, this is great. Like, so the plan was do that. Had an invite to Edinburgh in August. Was going to do Edinburgh and then do a bigger tour this year, you know, coming into 2021. Sure, pandemic, put a bullet in that. And I was like, ah, no. Not in any other way than I enjoyed it. For me, I enjoyed it. It's great therapy. Getting on stage and saying all that shit that's inside you. It was great. It was so therapeutic. <laughs> Honestly, I found it. Because I was talking a lot about, you know, all the stuff you saw. Like, it's all about growing up as mixed race in Ireland. And, you know, having six kids and being a stepdad. And, you know, having children with with certain, uh, what would you say, conditions. And, you know, uh, all that stuff. All that real stuff, you know. And... Just loved it. Just really, really loved it. But sadly, yeah, the pandemic stopped that. So I don't know if they ever, if they ever, if they ever sort things out and stage becomes something. Yeah, definitely go back and do another stage show. I um, I really liked it. I really liked it. It's
1: there for you. You've got But it. You're,
0: you're you're ready to go.
1: Yeah, like hopefully, COVID behaves itself or people behave themselves, and uh, and we can tour. We've 10 dates, we've 10 theaters booked and they're, they're big enough that they can get whatever 50 people in and uh, and they're, they're happy enough to do that. And it's kind of supplemented. I'm, I'm being produced by the Riverbank here in Newbridge. So they're kind of looking after a lot of the legwork Brilliant. and we're rehearsing for the month. So, yeah, look, it's uh, and as I said, like it's, it's for me, it's the fascination with the process of where the idea came from writing it down. And suddenly there's a tour and you're on stage and, and people are getting paid money to do the lighting or and people are paying money to buy tickets i just i'm fascinated by that because i never i was never good at if i couldn't do something brilliantly or you know if i couldn't do a passable job at something straight away it wasn't worth fucking working at you know and that was that was my personality so it was an interesting thing for me to start from scratch and build something slowly until it's acceptable and to work hard at it because it doesn't matter to me to get up on stage and perform like that and and I enjoy it and I like it and I get a buzz out of it. But, I, you know, it's, it's, it's good t- to tell people that that doesn't happen. You, you work at that, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's there's a lot to
0: be said for the 10,000 hours, you know? The, whatever you do, there's a lot to be said for that. Hmm. Like, uh, this is where people fall down a lot of the time. They don't want to put themselves forward. But it's only hours. It's only hours and hours of doing it.
1: Doing whatever it is. <laughs> doing, you know? So there's the dog um, giving out. The dog barks. That means time's up. Oh, there you go <laughs> but no but it's but, it, but, but it's the process it's the work and, and that's the part of the reason why i started the podcast was to have conversations with people who have done the work who know the process and just because i think people would get a lot from that if there's something that you want to do just start somewhere like i say like go out and just, just only work. only run a mile the first day and then worry about the you know
0: run a mile we'll it on that because that's that's run the mile
1: run the mile you know? walk a mile and then and then and then run half the mile the next day. But uh, thanks very much for your time and best of luck. Uh, with, absolute, I know. Pleasure, An absolute pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure. I know people will be watching out for your podcast. Uh, what what did you, is it just called? The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Download it. Subscribe, that's the most important thing, subscribe. I'm so still learning all this, subscribe. Yeah, you want it to automatically download it to people's phones every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it comes out. Uh, so, so subscribe, and uh, and, and p- you want people to rate it as well, so like, write a little description as well, and that helps it as well. Best you of luck with that. It's
0: not on a different matter. I, I need to school myself fairly fast on all this. <laughs> and but you've got um,
1: SOS just, and all that, and just, you know, just keep uh, doing what you're uh, doing. What Check that, man?
0: Honestly, like... I'm not yeah. saying that in the pitchy my TV show kind of shit because it's not even my TV show it's a big UK format no, it's a great format, format but that's why it works yeah, but watch of. that just to just to see some goods, just to just to feel inspired by people caring about other people it's really grounded like really and just even from both sides from from the people who volunteer that's cuz I'm such an egomaniac you know the thought of like like i met these guys who were on site just quickly, met these guys on site and my job is to just interview because I'm not doing any DIY and just run around like going, Hey Patty, you talk to me and Paddy's running a mile from me. And Paddy's been there like eighteen hours a day, every day for ten days. And Paddy just doesn't want to be seen. He just wants to do the work for that family and do it. That was me. I'd be like, Yeah, yeah, come and interview me. Yeah, like, like let everybody know I was here. Do you want photos? Yeah. Or yeah, do you know yeah. What's your Instagram tag? You know, like, completely different. Yeah. Just really good, good natured people doing reading good stuff for other people. And that's what you gotta, like, that's what
1: we need more of, you know, need more of. Let's take care of each other a bit better. Yeah, it's heartening to know that people are out there doing that. Yeah. Right, Baz, thanks very much. Go yeah, on about your pleasure. day and get a bit of work done.
0: And Best of luck with all this, man. How's it all going? It's flying. Jeez, you're churning them out. I
1: was thinking that the other day. I was going, This is doing, are you doing two a week? Well, I had a load in the bag and I just I'm putting out three a week at the moment. Three I, a week, I walking walk, 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 walk a mile like Jesus, that's some pace, man. Isn't I, it? I have nothing else to do at the moment, but but it, no, it's like I'm fascinated because I'm in here, I'm, I'm able to come up here, I'm able to interview you. I don't know when this will go out but like i'll edit it i'll put it up i'll do it all myself so that's like for me i'm like cool I'll, like if I'm, I'm i'm texting people all the time and people are saying no yes not getting back to me, whatever some people do i'll interview them bish bash bosh i, I know that there in the bag i'll put that up in two weeks Grant. you know that's it's just something i'm enjoying so why yeah. not, yeah. And not really, yeah doing it without expectation just lashing into it you know <laughs>
2: And there you have it, Mr. Baz Ashmawi. Not Ashwami, Ashmawi. Uh, brilliant, brilliant to talk to Baz. He's such a nice guy and genuinely and so honest and open and hardworking. And, and you know, just nice guy all round. Uh, so don't forget to watch his show. It is DIY SOS, The Big Build Ireland, Sunday, October 18th at 630 RT1 and RT player there you go thank you very much for listening it is late as I said it's Thursday night I should go to bed I've got rehearsals tomorrow and um, Janet Moran my director will need me firing on all cylinders man I I find it very hard (laughs) to to be I've written a play and that's fine and I really want to put it on and I really want to tour with it but it's just that period between not knowing the lines and trying to rehearse and trying to take direction and trying to take it all in and i'm not very good at multitasking and janet's brilliant and i'm trying to do my best but uh, it's tough on her but i'm just i'm blessed blessed to have found her to help me write the play to direct it just steer me in the right direction just delighted Um i'm, I'm getting emotional now maybe i should just go to bed Anyway, there you go. That was episode nine. Thanks very much for listening and I uh, hope you've been enjoying the podcast. If you have been enjoying, please give me a five-star rating. Five-star ratings only, please. Subscribe, tell your friends and you can send me an email. Tell me where you're listening. Where in the world are you listening? Shout out to Cleveland as well. Um, Pod at gmail.com or Keith Walsh at gmail.com. KeithWalsh.Walsh at gmail.com and you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. And uh, yeah, be my friend. Let's be friends, but not in a weird way, you know, like kind of a podcasty way. Uh, that's it. Good luck. Good day. Whatever you're doing, enjoy it. I've got to go on now. Signing off. Which I find very difficult to do. So I'll just say goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. See you. Take care. Good luck. Go on now. You hang up. <laughs> you hang up. Just stop talking. All you do is say goodbye and stop talking. Say goodbye, stop talking. Goodbye. See stop. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh